This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Make your spirits bright this season with Merry and Meet Cute. 16 original holiday-themed romantic comedies wherever you get your podcasts. Think Hallmark holiday movies, but uniquely modern that you can take with you. Listen on any podcast app. All month, they're featuring new rom-coms inspired by Hanukkah and Christmas. Nothing says holidays like a rom-com from Meet Cute. Welcome to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch. And I'm Zareen Siddiqui. This week, we are looking into the horribly twisted Roy family, AKA the most recent season of Succession, season three has come to a close. And, you know, we have some thoughts. Most recent season of Succession really seems like the tongue twister that the world never had. Um, Don't you feel like we always have thoughts, though? Yeah, but some are better left for our text than the actual podcast. So, you know. I don't know about that. I feel like people come to the podcast to get the texts. I think we're going to leave it all out in the pod. But before we get into it, what's your not over it for the week? My not over it is A, the fact that people keep going on the Howard Stern show, but why do people trust him so much? Um, the latest celebrity to quote misspeak, um, misspoke, misspeak on the Stern show was Ben Affleck. He was on the show recently and, and made some comments about, you know, his marriage with Jennifer Gardner that ended in 2018 to, you know, right off the bat, a lot of stuff was taken out of context. I was trapped. You know, I was like, I can't leave because of my kids, but I'm not happy. What do I do? And what I did was like, you know, drink a bottle of scotch and fall asleep on the couch, which turned out not to be the solution. A lot of these articles that pulled quotes from him, but he basically said, part of why I started drinking was because I was trapped. Noting that he would, quote, probably still be drinking if they had stayed married. Quote, I was like, I can't leave because of my kids, but I'm not happy. What do I do? And I guess his solution was to drink a bottle of scotch on the couch. Um, He does go on in the interview to, you know, say that she is a wonderful co-parent and they have a really good, you know, healthy co-parenting relationship and really nods to her to be a great mom. But he also clarified it on Jimmy Kimmel. But to me, it's more of just like, you know, is this your first time giving an interview? Like, what school of interview are Matt Damon and Ben Affleck going to lately because they need to unlearn this course that they have learn in the past year this might be a hot take but i felt bad for him in this situation i felt like they took the the quotes wildly out of context the headlines were like ben affleck said jennifer garner drove him to drink which is not what he said he was like he was in an unhappy marriage and that you know fueled his alcoholism but he never said it was about her and it could be because like he was you know not a great husband i didn't get the vibe that it was because of her, and I felt like people just wanted to fuel the Benefer, J-Lo, the two Benefers, um, situation. 
But I think when you say, make comments as a celebrity, like, you know, I felt trapped in a marriage. It's sort of like because Jennifer Gardner isn't going out talking about this and he is, it automatically sort of makes him a little bit more of the villain where it's just like, dude, just stop commenting on your ex-wife. Like, just you don't have to say anything. Just be like, this is not up for discussion. But Jennifer Garner has gone around and talked about her relationship to Ben Affleck. Like she gave that whole entire interview years ago and everyone loved it. And she I don't remember the exact quotes that she gave, so I'm not going to try to paraphrase them. But she got really real with all the quotes that she gave. And everyone was like, oh, my God, love Jennifer Garner. Like what a national treasure. Like speak up because they felt like she's great and Ben Affleck doesn't deserve her. I'm not saying Ben Affleck is like amazing or anything but i i do feel like this reaction is overblown yeah i guess we have to agree to disagree here there's no part of me that ever feels bad for ben affleck um and i also always go back to the oscars like cringy speech where he's like marriage is work i want to thank you for um working on our marriage for uh, uh 10 christmases it's uh it's it's good it's, it is work but it's the best kind of work and it was just like so awkward and i was like dude stop like, now everybody knows you're having problems. That was the moment where I was like, oh, no, it's over. They're over. And now we all know. And they know. But anyways, Becky, what's your not over it? Well, we didn't plan this, but my not over it is also tangentially related to Ben Affleck, but is really more about Snoop Dogg. So the Golden Globes are going to be a mess next year, in case you hadn't heard. Um, as of right now, they are not being televised. A lot of actors are boycotting them because in March of last year, Basically, a lot of people got together and were like, there's not enough diversity in the HFPA. They've been doing a lot of shady, unethical things. Some of you might recall when they were getting freebies, like going to Paris instead of Emily in Paris. And then, oh, how interesting. Suddenly, Emily in Paris is getting Golden Globe nominations. How funny how that works. So they're still in this holding pattern. No network has agreed to air them. So I don't really know what's going to happen if any celebrities are going to show up. But that did not stop them from unveiling the nominees last week. And somehow they got Snoop Dogg to agree to do it. So he got up there in his sunglasses and his beanie. And I give a lot of credit to the actors or presenters, whoever have to do this, because they do have to read all the names. And obviously they don't know them in advance. And messing up the actor and show's names is pretty common. Like it happens all the time. But Snoop Dogg flubbed a bunch of the names, sometimes correcting himself. One time he said something and then followed it up with, work with me now, after he messed it up. Karan, no, Karen Hines, Belfast. Work with me now. When he was talking, he he was uh, nominating uh, or reading out the nomination for Kenneth Branagh, and he, there was a huge pause between Kenneth and Branagh because he clearly was like looking at the name and trying to figure out what it was. It was generally enjoyable. Kenneth Branagh. The best part was when he pronounced Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, then caught himself, <laughs> then apologized to Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Ben. And... It was just a delightful moment that I enjoyed as like probably the only person in the world who actually was watching the Golden Globe nominations live stream. Yes, well, I'm pretty positive you might have been a audience of one watching that, but you know who does not have an audience of one? Succession, which was also nominated for a few Golden Globes. Season three is officially over. The finale wrecked us all. The finale, to me, this season three finale was like, it really gave me like, wow, the power of a finale. 
because this entire season I was sort of like, eh, okay, into this, not into this. And the finale happened and I was like, this show is genius. Oh my God, I love it. I'm so excited for season four. And I weirdly feel duped, like they got me back in and now I'm pissed that I'm so like suckered in and I can't wait for season four. But that's really what the season finale did for me. Yeah, it wasn't on par with the season two finale for me when Kendall does the press conference after they've all been talking on the boat about who they're going to throw under the bus. And they're like, well, it's going to be Kendall. But the moment when he claps and he being Logan, Tom on the back was definitely a jaw dropper. You're like, what? Tom, and it shouldn't have been because if you go back and you, you know, you retrace the steps of everything that Tom's been doing all season and you're like, oh, actually this makes total sense. And weirdly, I will say in the same way, you're sort of like cheering for Kendall in the second season, you're sort of cheering for Tom. You're like, good, good for Tom. Tom should go to the dark side. Tom's been getting bodied by Shiv this entire season. I mean, realistically, everyone in the Royal Family, because they just, you know, they don't really show him any respect in general. But my God, when you see the way that Shiv just treats him throughout the entire season, and especially like towards the end when they're sort of having those discussions about having a kid, and she's just so willing to like throw him under the bus no matter what. And I remember them having that conversation of the weird like spicy sex talk that where she was just like, you're a piece of shit. You love me. You can't have me. You know, you I'm like out of your league. And it was so dark. And the next day when he brings it up, she's like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, I was just being horrible because, you know, it was like fun. Well, and you left out you left out the kicker, which is when she says, I don't love you. You love me. Fuck you. Even though I don't. And when I went back and rewatched the finale, you see even more of those seeds in that last episode where they think Logan's having a baby and then Tom wants to talk to Roman about how he and Shiv are talking about freezing the eggs and Shiv's like shutting him down. And then even when Shiv calls Tom from the car to say that they're going to try to block the deal and Tom asks what his role is going to be and she's just like, yeah, 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 you'll be high up. And where do I fit in, Shiv? Well, high up, Tom. I don't know. It. We'll figure it out, though. There's a lot going on. No, sure, sure, okay. Uh, uh, but, 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 uh, high. But still dismissing him in a who cares about you way, which is sort of how it's been this whole time. And for me, the turning point of the season, when I feel like you're realizing that Tom is, I mean, Tom's always they're all on the dark side, but like really crossing over to the dark side is when he has that dinner with Kendall or whatever they were doing, diner, meal. That's when he was prepping for jail time. And so he kept picking places that are awful food. And so he was preparing his body for jail. But But Kendall asks him basically to come over and he, you know, says something to the effect of why would I do that? Logan always wins and you never win. My hunch is that you're going to get fucked because I've seen you get fucked a lot. And I've never seen Logan get fucked once. That was the first time that I felt like Tom was really, like, not fucking around. Like, he was so savage to Kendall in that moment. And I remember for me, that moment was like, oh, maybe he's capable of more than I was giving him credit for. Right. Or, you know, he's just really been pushed too far. In my opinion, Cousin Greg is starting to feel a little superfluous, specifically in this episode where it seemed like his main storyline was that he has two girlfriends. And it's like, why is he even there? Right. Well, we talked about this a little bit, but 
I think you brought up the point where he just kind of feels like a sideshow character, but he's not even fulfilling any like entertainment purses purposes, like even on the side. Cause yeah, like the entire time in that episode, anytime Greg came about, I was like, okay, get him out of the way. I want to know what the hell's going on with the deal. It was like, I was more interested in every other character and, and what was happening. And Greg's storyline just felt stale. Like he's in his own like romantic comedy on the side or something. <laughs> but I did enjoy when Tom is asking Greg if he wants to sell his soul to the devil. And Greg asks if he will be able to have his own Greg's. <laughs> like, I know. 20 of them to be specific. Do you want a deal with the devil? Could I get my own, my own, like... Your own Greg? Yeah. You can have 20. Okay, but we also have to talk about my favorite scene of the whole episode. And one of my favorite scenes, you know, maybe ever on the show is when Shiv and Roman are trying to explain to Kendall what's happening and trying to appeal to him for help. And Kendall starts having an emotional breakdown and Shiv and Roman have no idea how to comfort him, what to say to him. And it really shows the difference inherently between Kendall and the two of them, even though Kendall always acts like he's this unfeeling like boss, like he's this insecure little baby who also happens to have more business savvy than the other two like the other two think they have all the business savvy but have no emotions and actually don't know what they're doing and it sort of really highlights a how awkward it is between the three of them i mean my favorite line was definitely when (laughs) roman says lighten up glum glum after he's talking about killing someone lighten up glum glum this season was sort of reminiscent to me from season two when they're all sitting on the boat and and roman is the one that's like can we like talk about stuff like more seriously and they all start doing the baby voices and he's like oh you want to talk about like real stuff we can talk about our feelings (laughs) how am i the mature one here (laughs) we don't have any feelings what are you talking about and like they get into that moment on the boat and i was like oh my god they are siblings at the end of the day so sweet and then with this scene it was like the poster child of why therapy is like so important you have to learn how to communicate because it was like jarring to watch where they're like, we've all killed someone. Shiv, you've killed someone too, right? And she's just in the corner like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I've, yeah, I've killed someone. <laughs> You're like, what's going on? There was a homicide. Someone died. And they just kind of keep reverting back to what's happening with Logan and the business when he's fully like having a mental breakdown about this horrific thing that happened to him. And then in between that, he'll also just chime in with like logistics and legalities of like how they can actually make this work. He's like, no, 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 contractually, he can't do that. And like sobs. And you're like, what? Right. Because in the end, they do need him. And I think Roman felt like he was finally the favorite. And this was like his come to Jesus when they're having that conversation. And he's like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I want to talk to dad first. And he's like trying to appeal to him and Shiv and Kendall both have to say to him, do not trust him. And you can tell that he was like, thought that he was finally the golden boy. And now he realized that it's the three kids versus Logan. Now, all that being said, you're like, yeah, Logan's a big bad. How could he do this to the kids? When he's explaining to them why he's doing this and is like, it's time for you to go make your own money and figure everything out. That's 100% valid. Like their whole thing is like, well, now what will we do if we can't be part of the company? And he's like, figure it out. Fuck off. Like, what are you doing? Like, you understand why he's so angry. And like, this is how he's made them and how they built them. And this is why we love the show. But um, he didn't really do anything that horrible. They just like all think that they can run the company. And it turns out none of them can. 
No, I mean, this entire season finale was like contingent on privilege and the expectations that come with that privilege. They are all entitled. They feel entitled to everything that Logan has. And that's what the season finale, like to me, was contingent on was they are finally going to get daddy's money, something that they feel they should have because of their last name, nothing else, zero experience, especially for Roman and Shiv and Connor. I'm surprised. I don't know what he's doing in the corner <laughs> running for president, but like they all feel and say what you will about Tom, but at least he, they give him something and at least you see him like focusing on it. Like they gave him this part of like ATN and he's been the boss there and he does whatever he needs to do. The rest of them are just like floating around until they get crowned king or queen. And I think yeah. that's what Logan was noted. Like, I think that's what it came down to where he was like, none of them want to do the work. They all just want to be crowned at the end of the day. And they're going to sink this ship that I have helped afloat for so many years. Well, and at the end of the day, he doesn't trust any of them to be in charge. I actually think he does trust Kendall to a certain extent, but he can't swallow his pride at this point. And Kendall is so adrift at this point, but he doesn't really trust Roman or, or Schiff or Connor, which was uh, clearly insinuated in that conversation where they refer to Kendall as the oldest son. I'm the oldest son. What was that? I am the oldest son. And Connor finally has a meltdown, but the best part of, or one of the best parts of this finale for me, which, you know, we'll get to like our hopes and dreams for season four was I realized how tired I am of just seeing Shiv and Roman constantly being like, daddy, can I, daddy, what do you think? Daddy, can I do this? And how much you really do want to see the three of them, Kendall, Shiv and Roman really team up against him like what does happen when all three of them are against him and they're no longer like obsessing over trying to win his favor now i'm sure it's only a matter of time before they are but i i liked the like you know the three the the dysfunctional three musketeers vibe of like even when they were working it out and roman was like uh like this sounds like a terrible idea but like we have to do it yeah well i also think there's a large there are some a lot of similarities i know it's a different kind of a finale in terms of like the extremes like i think last season when kendall did the press conference like that came right after logan's speech of like being a killer and it was like oh this is what you know this is what it takes and we we're all like oh fuck kendall's the killer he got it he threw his dad under the bush um bus and then it's like now you sort of look at this season and at the end when logan taps tom on the shoulder i'm like oh tom's the killer he like threw his wife and and everyone else under the bus without thinking twice. And for some reason, it's taking Greg along on the ride and good for Greg. But I just feel like now it's, 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 there's this balance of play that where there's someone else playing. It's not just the siblings. Where for me, the game has always been between Shiv, Kendall, and Roman. And now, and Tom's just been like sort of like an add on, but now I feel like his hat's in the ring, sort of. Right. Well, Tom's been a full doormat and that's obviously fully changes the um relationship between shiv and tom for better or for worse and i have a sneaking suspicion that this is going to make her more attracted to tom in the want what you can't have way because the whole thing is that i think she doesn't respect him because he's a doormat and it could be sort of mirroring how logan respects kendall more when he stood up to him even though he you know went against him all season that i think shiv is shocked because she didn't see this coming but ultimately she wants someone who has a backbone and a spine and can challenge her. But um, who also, who the hell knows what Logan is even going to do with Tom? 
Like, yeah, he gave him that pat in the back, but for all we know, he's going to like chew him up and spit him right out. Well, that's the thing. You're always, I think that's why it's like, you're always making a deal with the devil because you just, you never know when it comes to Logan, like what he's going to do. And I think earlier in the episode when Logan and, and Roman take that boat ride to go see Alexander Skarsgård character, who's like, that plays the tech billionaire, Lucas Matson, they, Roman is very much in the background of those entire conversations. So I think that's where Roman starts to even feel a little bit more like faulty with their relationship where he's no longer feeling like the golden boy, which I think is the reason later on in the finale, he fully turns because there is a certain point where Logan just asks Roman to Rome to leave that conversation that he's having with Matson. I do think once Matson said that he could see Roman being on the board, that that Roman thinks that like he's getting something that Shiv and Kendall aren't. Like, I feel like you really, you really see Ken, uh, Roman, like kind of like the light going out of his eyes where he says like, where he says like, I'm do it out of love or something to that extent. He's like, do it for love. And Logan's like, you're giving me love. Like, who cares? What have you got in your fucking hand? What have I got? I don't know. Fucking love. Love. You come for me with love. You bust him here, guns in hand, and now you find they've turned to fucking sausages. You talk about love. Right. Well, also just to hear Roman saying that, he's like, I don't know, love? It's like, oh no, sweetie, this is not, your daddy's not feeling anything for you. This is very like cutthroat. And I think that's also why Logan, I mean, he's he's a monster, but like, yeah, it's like he, those things never come into consideration or play when he's making any decisions. Love is never at the forefront of Logan's mind when he's deciding <laughs> what's going to make him more money or what's what's going to happen next. And I think that's ab- abundantly clear. Yeah, well, I also think, you know, this is all aligned with many mommy and daddy issues that have come into play throughout the whole season for all three of the kids. But let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about season three. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, so overall, season three, I think you and I both have expressed that it sort of wasn't living up to the expectations we had coming out of the season two finale. For me, I saw trailers of season three, and I think that guy that got me also riled up with like new faces that were coming in. We saw, you know, Senna Lathan coming in, who played Lisa Arthur. She was a, you know, a high profile lawyer in New York. It was brought in like as Shiv, Shiv, one of Shiv's good friends who Logan was trying to hire at the beginning of the season as his lawyer. And then Kendall hired her and then also fired her. But that was like a person that I was really looking forward to seeing more on screen. And I felt robbed of that. Yeah, I forgot she was ever even there. They barely kept her in, which is frustrating. And I guess that's a part of like Kendall's storyline where he continuously like hires really strong women and then fires them when doesn't listen to them and then fire them because he's an idiot. Um, 
But I think the missed opportunity, and maybe there will be more of her in the future, but I think it was just such a missed opportunity to have such a strong actress playing the game with, you know, the rest of the cast, who is also very, very strong actors and actresses. So I felt really disappointed with the lack of Senna. Yeah, I also thought we were going to see more Adrian Brody, but he only did that one guest spot um, as Josh Aronson, who had that one episode where Kendall and Logan have to come to his house, and then Logan has that cardiac event, if you can call it that, but it, do- it doesn't work out that well. But um, Alexander Skarsgård seems like he's going to be back for better or for worse, and he seems mostly annoying and chaotic to me, which I guess is the point. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's like a tech billionaire that's like very loosey-goosey and like, you know, I think he'll be a welcome sort of like combative personality with the rest of the Roys. I don't know how much roles they're going to have in the company because their daddy has cut them out, but um, I guess we'll see going forward. Yeah, you assume it's going to be a combative relationship, but I sort of think his character has sexual tension with Roman and... I feel like Roman also had sexual tension with Justin Kirk's character, who was the presidential candidate. And I don't know where they're going with this, but it seemed like a lot of seeds were planted where, I don't know, something's happened over there. Yeah. Well, that was the other person I was going to mention was Justin Kirk. I know we just mentioned weeds in the last episode, you know, a prominent weeds alumni. Um, He was great in this role where he played a very conservative Republican candidate and they had that scene in the bathroom where the entire time I was just sort of like, uh, something happened? What's going on? Do you guys like each other? Do Are you into each other? No, and then and then Roman had that scene in the bathroom with Alexander Skarsgård when they were at that party. I was like, what is happening here? A lot of bathroom scenes. Oh my God, that party. That party episode was so chaotic and so disturbing. That was the moment, that episode for me was the moment where I decided to hate Roman. I really turned on him at the end of that episode when he pushed Kendall. And I mean, throughout the entire episode, you know, this entire season, it's been pretty apparent that Kendall is obviously indulging in in drugs, but we don't ever see him indulging in it. But it's it's sort of like this unwritten, you know, he is doing it because of his chaotic behavior. Um, And that episode for me was like everything was coming to a head. He was like super. It was his birthday. He was super emotional. There was that scene where he's looking for the presents from his kids and then his like chaotic girlfriend that he's for some reason still has this entire season um is super unhelpful in regards and then at the end of the episode roman pushes him at his own birthday party Well, and i think the whole theme there aside from the fact that this person has literally more money than he knows what to do with is that this is 40th birthday party but deep down he is still an insecure, very immature child that all he wants is like people to come to his birthday party and have a great time. He really wants his siblings to come and he really just like wants to be liked and to be loved. And he puts on this ridiculous over the top event. I loved when um, they talk about how they had to track down these vintage lunchboxes and then he decided he didn't want to have them. Oh yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) know. He was going to do this whole stunt. I was sort of disappointed. I was hoping for like a redux of that um, episode where he does the rap about Logan. Like, I kind of wanted to see Kendall perform. L to the OG. Dude, be the OG. But he is really just like a little baby. And it it's sad. And that's like ends up being the precursor for, you know, what unfolds after that, where he just really wants to be on the same team as his siblings. And that's why I think ultimately, you know, he's hitting rock bottom at the end of the season, but reteaming with Shiv 
And Roman, who seem like his biggest adversaries, I think is actually going to be what gives him the validation that he needs. Because not only does he need validation, but he does need them to sort of bring him back down to earth and tell him how ridiculous his like. But also he has like that compliment wall or whatever the people are giving him compliments. Oh, and God. Like, so cringy. You know, being born through the vagina, whatever that was. But all of it was just like he just like wants to be feel a certain type of way that he's not feeling. Um, but he's not really happy like it's lonely at the top like he's at the top he's doing this thing but really he just like wants everyone to be on his team so it's almost like i think kendall doesn't even really want power and money as much as he thinks he does i think he really just wants connection and validation and even when he's having that breakdown he's like i'm not connecting with my kids i'm you know i have nothing he can't find that present he doesn't like the watch it's just like a mess (laughs) i know yeah oh god the watch I think, yeah, it's at the end, it sort of like comes full circle, I guess, with the relationship with the sibling, especially because earlier in the season when Shiv uh, pens that letter um, in Vanity Fair where she calls him a serial liar, a drug addict, an absentee father, a problematic rela- who has a problematic relationship with women. So at the end when they're sitting down, at, then following and coming to towards the end of the season in the, um, in the finale where they're all sitting around and having that lunch and she's like, we we love you. <laughs> it's like you penned this horrific letter about your brother not not a month ago. Like what's happening? This it's it's sort of insane to see the trajectory of how quickly their relationships change, but I guess also a testament of like what this family is and the chaos of just being incredibly rich. Right. Well, I was thinking about that too when um you know, when Roman's trying to cheer him up. I was like, "Remember when Roman pushed you on your face 2 weeks ago?" But um but you also you have to keep in mind though that Kendall, the only person that knew that that Kendall killed that guy was Logan. So the fact that Kendall told them both and also gives them that ammo on him, like now they know this information about him after a whole season where they have been just like creating smear campaigns. The whole <laughs> that guy with the tattoo who had Kendall tattooed on his head, like all of that stuff, where they're trying to judge up every judge up everything. I think in a way he he has nothing left to lose, but also. Him telling them that, even though they were sort of nonplussed by it, is his way of reaching out and needing connection because the only other person that knew was Logan, who is like persona non grata now. No. And oh, my God, we have to go back to that storyline of the guy with the tattoo and Roman being like, this will be the downfall. And the entire time, I just remember thinking you were there. You were a part of this. This wasn't Kendall alone at his bachelor party doing this. No, well, that's why ultimately they don't come out with it. No, it was just so stupid. But I do that scene with the guy and Roman just kept being like. What's the number? Like, what's your number? And you're just like, oh. um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think a lot, a lot of the issues with this season, or a main issue that we had that other people were also calling out, is that the show's starting to feel repetitive. It's always the same thing. It's always like, daddy loves me, no daddy loves me, no daddy loves none of us, and then it just feels like it's going on and on in a loop. So, I think that's also why a lot of people thought that Kendall was maybe going to die when he fell off that float because there were people felt like the show needs a hard reset. I don't even necessarily know if the, you know, quote unquote twist that happened at the end counts as a hard reset, but it it does need to go in a different direction than just who is going to be head of the company. So if none of them can be head in the head of the company, that does introduce some different storylines. I also think we're underestimating Connor. We haven't even talked about Connor, which is like really true, true to the show. But 
I feel like he's bubbling under the surface also. I mean, we saw him bubble at that lunch when they kept being like, you're the oldest son. And he just is quietly whispering, I'm the oldest son to himself. Like, I thought this was going to be some red wedding shit where he was going to like stab him with a butter knife. Well, no. And I was watching it with my sister and, you know, he says something about the oldest son. And my sister says to me, isn't Connor the oldest son? I'm like, yeah, but they don't count him. Like, oh, yeah, like they always do this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know that, but no one talks about it, which is why it was so funny that that was a moment where he was like, I'm the oldest son. And I was like, oh, I guess now they, they're, he's no longer accepting that as a status quo. I mean, he's just sort of like, he's always been sort of this like wild card that they kind of like push to the side. We're like, Connor, why don't you go manage this estate in, you know, in Arizona or wherever else? Like, hold, hold down the fort where no one needs the fort to be held down is like sort of his like go to what what you know with the plans or like that he gets but to see this season of him suddenly wanting to be a front runner to be the president of the United States leaning into some weird stuff also this weird newfound confidence that he has gained where in this scene where Logan is sort of suffering from an a UTI I don't know what's going on <laughs> there but like not really there and they're on the phone with the president and they give it to Roman and Connor's like, let me at him. Let me at him. And it's like, dude, what? Who are you? Do you even know what they're talking about? You know, he's so far removed from the actual business. And now it's like he keeps coming in in bizarre ways where he's like, well, I want this. I need this. I'm not going to work for it unless you also give me TK percentage or I want all of these networks. And it's sort of like, where did this come from? Usually he's been it sounds like he's been pretty happy with the allowance that he's been getting all these years and all of a sudden he's woken up and it's like, I want more. Yes. He suddenly has the same level of entitlement, which is like, daddy, make me president. (laughs) Yes. Since his girlfriend or fiance is definitely not going to make him husband, or I guess she is at the end of the finale, which is truly the most um, romantic way to say yes to a proposal. Fuck it. (laughs) But then when um, Roman Kendall and Shiv's mother is actually getting married, they show her sobbing. And not in a way that seems like she's so touched. It seems like she's thinking about her own life and what's become of it. Yeah. No, I mean, her character in general just like bugs me. It's like, you don't get to be mad. You know what you signed up for. I don't feel sorry for you. I know. I was thinking about how it's like when she was introduced, it's just like, oh, this is this prostitute that Connor brought whatever season (laughs) that was. And now I was thinking, I'm like, she's like a series regular on this show, but doesn't ever do anything. She kind of just stands there. Um that wedding also, I think a few of those scenes during the earlier episodes of like the wedding when specifically when Shiv is talking to her mom on the balcony where they're having cigarettes and her mom's just sort of like, I should have had dogs. Like some <laughs> people aren't meant to be mothers. And and that in turn gets Shiv to go back to Tom to be like, I want to have kids. It's like nothing is ever about her and Tom. It's always a reaction to something that's just happening specifically to her. Their relationship is just Shiv. And that right. is so it's just I think it's been so it's always been like that. But I think maybe it's been more in our face this season. And we've seen like Tom sort of bubbling throughout it all. But that was such a dark conversation with mommy. Well, and her whole life is like proving that she can do whatever she wants and proving that she can and proving that, you know, people are wrong about her. So it's like, oh, my mom. I know because the mother says something to her like you should. That's probably for the best that you aren't having kids or something to that effect. And then she's sort of like, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, but man, can you imagine being Shiv and Tom's kid? Also, what if Logan really is having another kid? God, that entire storyline <laughs> to me is so confusing. Like, you really think he's just like shooting sperm into a jar and hoping to get some 23 year old 
pregnant. No, like, he's not shooting seems- sperm into a jar. They're, she's putting that, what's it called, Wagga, maga root, whatever it is, into his smoothies. And I did look yeah. it up, and it does say that it's not proven, because of course it isn't, but it is rumored to increase fertility in men. The maca root. Oh, God. Yes. That entire thing was just so weird. Also, Logan doesn't want more kids. The current kids he has are trying to kill him as is. I can't imagine. He's like, I want more of this. But how interesting would that be if now they have another baby? (laughs) Like you're fighting for the title with an infant. Welcome. (laughs) Like we're going to let this little baby call the shots. No, it's so deranged. That entire story. I'm like, what are we talking about here? Logan getting someone pregnant? Get out of here. The one thing I will say this season that I really miss was Logan's wife, his actual wife. Marsha? Because Marsha, yeah. I felt like I miss I missed her presence. I find her to be a very fun kind of evil to watch. She was around. She has to have her omelet sent up to her room in the yeah, that last was episode. <laughs> yeah. A pivotal role. Yeah, she's not really there much this season, which is kind of sad and upsetting. Because she also has a son. She has a son. So Logan has a stepkid, which I'm like, is he going to like name everything to that kid? Like There are people that we are sort of in the background and I can't figure out if they were planted or it was like, nah, this was a mistake. We're not bringing you back. <laughs> no, I, I see. I don't even remember that. Yeah, she has a she has a kid that I think she got Logan to sign something for in like hmm. season one or something. But yeah, he's not very like that. It was so far away and su- such a long time ago. And now it feels so obsolete that you're like, right. Was he actually planted there? Or now he really just doesn't matter. He was a mistake. And they're like, just don't talk about him anymore. <laughs> Pretend it didn't happen. Which could be the case very soon, you know, you never know. Yeah, you know, especially because the show is off for two seasons, I'm starting to feel like I need to go back and at least rewatch the first few seasons because I barely remember what was what any of them were like or what was even happening when this show started. Um, but I think now we've reached a good point to take a break. And when we come back, let's wrap things up. Well, I think the end of, you know, season three has obviously left us with a lot of questions, um, a lot of uncertainties. Also, I have some questions outside of the actual show pertaining to just Jeremy Strong after reading his profile in The New Yorker, which was very entertaining. For those of you who have not checked it out, please do. Um, Jeremy is Kendall. Kendall (laughs) is Jeremy. I know Jessica Chastain had a lot to say about it. Leave Jeremy alone. Aaron Sorkin um, would also like you to leave Jeremy alone. <laughs> yeah. I also don't think, no, I don't, I felt like re- after reading that, I didn't, I didn't come out of it as if I think Jeremy Strong should be fired or he's crazy or anything like that. I was like, he just seems like an act, like a very method actor, a little bit loopy, but I think that's allowed when you're an actor. It doesn't seem like he's a horrible person. He just seems a bit odd. No, he seems intense and he seems like he's not like, buddying around with people on set but it didn't seem like he's screaming at the crew like christian Christian bale Bale. (laughs) or tom cruise or whoever else it just sounds yeah he sounds a little eccentric and you know if you know anything about daniel day lewis and he idolizes daniel day lewis it's not that surprising no yeah um but right I, i think getting back into the questions we have i think you know some of the questions that you kind of mentioned already, but it's sort of like, <laughs> what's Tom's role going to be next season? I really want to know. I think Shiv is pregnant. Already? You I think she got pregnant pre- in their hate sex? That's I think an interesting so. take. I think going into next season, she's going to be pregnant. Oh, that That's would be just, good if they hate each other and then she's pregnant. Yeah. I support that. Because then she's locked in. I mean, you're not really, but you know, 
maybe for optics locked in. I don't know, rich people. I mean, that's how things work, right? Divorce is really expensive. The more rich you are, the worse it is. Um, I w- I'm wondering if they're... I thought they were going to give more clarity about Roman's... Exchange with Jerry? <laughs> like everything. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's like still a point of discussion and it's not, I feel almost like it's not PC to demand to know like what Roman's sexual identity is, but it does seem like it just opened up. Like maybe he's pansexual, maybe he's asexual um, because it seemed like he wants to have sex with everyone and no one. Um, Right. But I think the thing is people don't really care what his sexual orientation. It's more of like, for me, I want to know the background. Like what is, what's the issue? Like I would like to dive into his actual issues because we're still, it's still very like something is clearly wrong with him, but we don't know why and we don't know what. Well, also I just like, it's fascinating to see how they all, what they all are like in their relationships with other people outside the family. And Roman doesn't really have any of those. No, Roman has Jerry. Right. And she's like practically in the family. So I don't count her. No, but I think in the season finale, I don't even think he has Jerry anymore when she's like, but it doesn't serve my interests. And he's basically like on the floor crying for mommy. And she's like, does it serve my interests? It doesn't serve my interests. And I was like, oh, my God, even Jerry said goodbye. Do you think Greg is going to end up with the Contessa? No, I think Greg is an idiot. Is he going to end up with Comfrey? What kind of name is Comfrey? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That's that's the last name, I think. I don't know. It doesn't not important enough to matter, Hmm. but... Um, no, I think Greg is an idiot. He's going to keep floating around and Tom's going to keep throwing water bottles and stuff at him. I think that's going to be Greg's role even going into next. Maybe, maybe Greg, new cast members will be the next Greg's, which would be maybe fun to add into the But mix. Greg is still a big dumb idiot. So I don't think Greg's personality is evolving. I wonder if Greg is still suing Greenpeace. Who cares? <laughs> You're that's right. I feel. I'm like, who I cares? Greg needs some, some new stuff to do. I miss when they had to go to the amusement park. Oh, I love that training. That training was the best. Yeah, bring back that succession. Hopefully we don't have to wait two years for the next season. Is the real hope. No, why? Because of COVID? That's why no. we did for the last two seasons, but I'm hope- I hope- hoping I ha- now. See, I didn't experience that because I started watching I know. We know, Zareen. <laughs> we know you didn't experience it. We know you experienced season one like two weeks ago and then demanded <laughs> the new season the day you finished. Yes, that is correct. And I hope it, this season four is back in like four months. That's how it works, right? Yeah, four months. Great. All right, Becky, it's time for the burning question. Okay. Congratulations. Hey! (laughs) You're not allowed to do that. Okay, fine. I take it back. Not congratulations. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you have been selected to be the campaign manager for Connor Roy's presidential campaign. Oh, no. What is his slogan that he is going to run on? You don't need a slogan when you're the son of Logan. (laughs) Done. Wow, that was genius, actually. I mean, their last name is Roy, so there's a lot you can work with there, but um, there you go. No, I, think, I think you nailed it, man. Yeah. Yeah, done. DJ Play Power by Kanye West. I'm living in that 21st century. Not Over It is hosted and produced by Becky Kirsch and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Allison Noel and Lisa Sugar. Have something to share? Tell us the moments you're not over by emailing us at notoveritpopsugar.com. Thanks for listening. Dive into the fun of the holidays with a time-traveling toilet, a best friend will they or won't they, a heroic meet cute holiday parties, and so much more. 
Tis the season for rom-com, so follow Me Cute on your favorite podcast app to get merry and meet cute. 